Hi, everyone. I'm Ken Blanchard. And this is Chad Gordon. We're co-hosts of the Blanchard Leader Chat podcast. And Ken, this is one of our favorite things. We pick out some of our favorite podcasts of the year. And, and this one is with Whitney Johnson. She's the author of Smart Growth, How to Grow Your People to Grow Your Company. And you know this, Ken. You've been in business for many decades. If your company's not growing, it's not thriving, how important it is are your people building them up so your company can, can, can really excel? Well, Chad, a lot of people think that profit is the reason for being in business. No, profit is the applause you get for creating a motivating environment for your people. They're your first number one customer. And if you take care of your people, then they take care of your second most important customer, the people that use your products and services. Then they become raving fans of your organization. And uh, that takes care of the profit and, and the organization. So it's all about growing your people and taking care of them, and then they take care of your organization. So it's not, uh, it's not really science. It's just common sense. Great insights. We're going to hear more from you at the end of the podcast, but let's uh, kick it off right now. Whitney Johnson on this edition of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Whitney Johnson, welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. How are you doing? Chad, I am doing great. I'm delighted to be here with you. It's uh, You're a two-timers club now. There, That's rare air. Thank you so much for, for coming back to us. So we're we're talking to you about your, your latest book, Smart Growth, How to Grow Your People to Grow Your Company. Um, why did you throw your efforts and your energy around this topic? What what what, what led you to really want to to see how the, the, the impact of your people and the company are aligned? One of the things that happened for me, Chad, I had written uh, two prior books in this series, Disrupt Yourself and Build an A-Team. And in both of those books, I had what I'm calling the S-curve of learning as part of the story, but it was kind of like the backup singer. And one of the things that kept happening is that people would say, okay, yeah, I get disruption, but let's talk about the S-curve. I want to figure out where I am in my growth. And I remember one conversation in particular, I was on Dan Pink's Pink Cast, and he it's 90 seconds. So you've got one idea that you can yeah. focus on. And he said, let's talk about the S-curve. This is back in 2018, so four years ago. And when I had people repeatedly pulling that out, the backup singer, wanting it to be the lead singer, I thought, I need to spend more time on this and really give it its, you talked about rare air, give it its own airplay. And so- that's what this book is about, is the S-curve of learning as this map for what growth looks like. And that's all we talk about is the S-curve. 
I love that. I do. I do love Dan's uh, format. You got to be brilliant. You got to be quick, but it's also just a really nice consumable, uh, um, consumable information. So let's uh, we can stretch this out a little bit. We've got about 20, 30 minutes. We can talk about it. So what was something as you as you were kind of walking through, um, you know, your S curve? What, what was there anything that surprised you or, or was it was was this just so kind of one of those just just so obvious once you d- dug into it that there's this correlation? You know, it's a great question. I had a colleague say to me the other day that I make vast intuitive leaps and then I figure out how I'm going to back them up. And that happened a little bit with this. So we were using the S-curve um, at the Disruptive Innovation Fund that I co-founded with Clayton Christensen and his son, Matt. And we were using it to figure out how quickly innovations would be adopted. It's something that Everett Rogers, the sociologist, had popularized 60 years ago. And I remember thinking, this could help us understand not just how groups change, but how people change. And so I had this hunch and we had written an article for the Harvard Business Review back 12 years ago now, or 10 years ago, but it was still this hunch that I couldn't fully substantiate it. I I had this theory. And so part of what I wanted to do with this book was to substantiate it. And so I looked at the neuroscience. I spent, I, I, was dogged about reaching out to Dr. Terry Sanyasi, who's at San Diego State, to help me think through the neuroscience of this. I wanted to look at the biology. In that case, my husband's a biologist, so that was helpful. And then I wanted to just pull on all the qualitative anecdotal stories that people had told me over the years so that I could say, here's my theory. I posit that this will will work, but now I want to look at the data to back it up. And so that's what we did in this book. You know, I, I, as we're recording this at uh, the first part of the year in 2021, I always want to give a time reference. Uh, things can be different maybe a year from now for our listeners. But I asked this question with a lot of regret. Um, you know, we had – think about all those times, and maybe you're not like me, Whitney, but, but oh, if I would do this if I just had more time or I would master, I would really get better at the guitar if I just had more time or if I just could control my schedule more, I'd be at the gym more often. We all kind of had a lot of more time during COVID. And I'm no better at the guitar now than I was three years ago. So why is it so hard for us to dive into new things? Why is it so hard for us to, to tackle something um, with or without the structure? Why is it so difficult for people? Mm. Well, first of all, you said 2021. <laughs> so, oh, I did. Well, it's 2022. <laughs> uh, the forgotten year. So much for time. It just passes so quickly, right? <laughs> um, so now at the beginning of 2022, just so that everybody's not super confused, although we <laughs> do feel like we kind of lost time. So maybe that's why you said 2021. Um, the reason it's so hard to start something new is that whenever you are um, at the launch point of an S-curve, I talked about how this describes what growth looks like. You are in this place where your brain is running a predictive model. It has a hypothesis about what is it going to take for me to get to the top of this S-curve, to be good at whatever it is I'm doing. Guitar, in my current role at work, et cetera. And at the launch point, you're making lots and lots of predictions, many of which are inaccurate. And so your dopamine drops. And dopamine is the chemical messenger of delight. So if it's dropping, that means you're not feeling very delighted. You also have the experience when you're starting something new 
of you're processing a lot of new information. Your brain is literally making memories. So cognitively, it is exhausting and, and overwhelming. And then you have the whole identity thing of who am I if I'm not who I was when you're starting something new. So you put all those things together and you start to have this experience of being overwhelmed, discouraged, impatient. And, and so you think, well, this is just really hard. And I don't know if I want to keep doing this or not. And so sometimes we give up, but that's why it's hard to start something new. Um, but once you know that, once you know, it's going to be hard, then you can, um, talk yourself through it, which is incredibly helpful, but then you can also come up with some hacks to make, set these really small, ridiculously small goals that allow you to get a little bit of dopamine along the launch points that you can gain the momentum to move into the sweet spot of your growth. This podcast is all about growth and and we all want to grow, whether it's on the job or it's in our personal lives. And, and so I, I love the idea of the S curve and, and just looking at, at, at uh, how you grow and how you develop different skills at a, as a very kind of deliberate process. So let's say that you're, you're starting that process and, and you've had some early wins. You want to keep doing it. How do you, um, how do you maintain mo- mo- uh, the momentum? How do you keep going? Yeah. Well, so Chad, one of the things that happens is as you have those, you have those early wins and your predictions are becoming increasingly accurate, what's going to happen is you're going to tip into the sweet spot. And this is the place where you're getting a lot of dopamine. You're getting a lot of emotional upside surprises. You're feeling a lot of delight. You're feeling competent and confident. And so um, you're exhilarated. Neurons are firing. So one of the beauties of once you move into the sweet spot is that momentum takes over. You continue with the momentum by making sure that you stay focused. And so at the launch point, you need lots of support. In the sweet spot, what you need is focus. You need focus in terms of um, saying no, of being able to prioritize because you're very good at what you're doing. You have lots of opportunities come your way. You need to be able to say yes to this. No, 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 no to lots of other things. And if you will maintain your focus, then that momentum just stays and you're able to then move into the mastery along the curve. But that steep, sleek part of it, think about you're in this race car, you're feeling this self-determination theory, competent, autonomous, related, all of those things are working in your favor. So if you'll just stay focused on what you're doing, say no, focus on what's working so you can get more of it, then you're gonna be able to climb that curve into the mastery phase. We have so many different types of listeners for the leader chat. And, you know, some people are here for their personal development. And I think we've talked a lot um, kind of through their lens right now. What if I'm a leader? What if I want to nurture this? How can I, Mm. if I'm a leader in an organization, big and small, private or public, doesn't matter. How can I nurture um, my my people to get through the S-curve? How can Mm. I help them grow? Yeah. So I think the first thing that you can do is, is draw this out for them, this very simple S. So there's obviously the assessment tool that you can use, but you can just draw this picture of an S and, and ask them the question, where, where do you think you are on the S curve right now in this current role of all that's required of you to be successful? Do you think you're at the launch point, the sweet spot and mass or mastery? All parts of the S curve, by the way, are important to growth because your ability to navigate the launch point as equally as important as your ability to move through that optimized tension of the sweet spot and then move to something new once you get to mastery. So they're, they're all important. 
as a leader, once you've identified where people are, then you know, well, here's what they're going to need from me. If they're at the launch point, they're going to need from me a lot of support because they're feeling gangly and awkward and impatient and uncomfortable. So support's going to look like um, words of encouragement. Here's why I think you're going to be successful here. It looks like giving them feedback. Here's what's working. Here's what isn't. It also includes importantly, um, valuing their inexperience. Cause the one thing that a person at the launch point is good at is being inexperienced mm-hmm. of not being blinded by familiarity. And so when they say to you things like, well, why don't we do it like this? Instead of saying, go back and do your work or being threatened by them saying, why do you do it like this? You value it. You're open to it. That opens the door to innovation, but it also allows them to feel a sense of contribution. And I have a role and a role to play here, even though I'm brand new um, in this, in this seat. I checked, I checked the calendar. It's still 2022. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so I'll, I'll go through, I'll go the sweet. That's hilarious. I'll go through the sweet spot and master really fast. So in the sweet spot, what Love they that. need, and we, we've, we've touched on this is they need the focus, that ability to help them prioritize and permission to say no to you when you're saying, can you do these 10 projects because they're so competent? Yeah. And so help them have permission to say no. And then also make sure you focus on them to appreciate them, to thank them for the work that they're doing, because it's so easy to say, well, they're not the problem child. You're not even aware of them. But if you don't focus on them, they will become the problem child because they will leave. So in the sweet spot, you need lots of focus, prioritization, focus on them. And then in mastery, I'm sure you know what's coming. This is the place where they're feeling bored. And so they're very much at risk. And if they're not good at what they're doing, you're okay if they leave. But if they're really good at what they're doing, you don't want them to leave. And so what they need from you is to say, we need to give you a challenge. Now, word of warning, as a leader, it's very easy to misdiagnose and think, oh, they're in the sweet spot. They're doing a fantastic job. What you think they're doing or where you think they are is irrelevant what matters is where do they think they are because that is going to predict their behavior. So if you've got a strong performer who's manifesting in the in, in, in mastery, it's very important for you to find them a, a challenge. Otherwise, they're, they're going to start self-sabotaging, get complacent, or they're going to leave and you don't want to lose them. I was saying earlier about the year and uh, and and how even this morning before I spoke with you, I, w- I was speaking with uh, an executive um, and leader at a, at a big e-commerce company that we all know and love. And, and they're just as concerned as the small mom and pop organizations about losing their best people, the great resignation. That is, seems to be the topic that everybody's talking about. A lot of what you discuss, a lot about what you've learned, a lot about what you lay out in your book is all really about if, if you can do these things right as a leader, people may be more inclined to stay because they've got, they've got that commitment. Uh, Do you see the direct correlation between having a growth rich opportunity and a leader that really supports you with not wanting to look elsewhere? Yeah. hundred percent. This is, this is a retention tool Yeah. because if you know where people are in their growth and they perceive that there is growth upside they're not going to leave for $5,000. They're, they, they might not even leave for 10 or $20,000. If they believe that they can come to work every day and their physical needs are taken care of, they're making enough money, but they can do the emotional job of growing and feeling effective. Then you've got people that that's a very strong predictor of how long people will stay. And so if you 
use this as an artifact to have that conversation about where are you in your growth and how can I support you in your growth, either with me inside of um, elsewhere inside of the organization. And even if in another organization, because then they they become a brand ambassador, you are not going to lose your people. Um, And so, uh, yes, it's very much a retention tool. And I would argue, we keep calling it the great resignation. Given what we've all been through and how resilient we have discovered we are and how capable we have discovered that we are, I don't think that people are giving up and resigning. I actually think they're aspiring to much more. And so for me, this is the great aspiration. And if we understand that as managers, that people are aspiring to more and we make it possible for them to aspire on our watch, we are a lot less likely to lose them. We've talked a lot about kind of setting yourself up for success, kind of finding that sweet spot. So what about ongoing kind of maintenance, care and maintenance? What would what are some of the things that people can do to once they've reached mastery on some of these areas, whether it's taking on new new goals or tasks? What are some good tips that people can take away? So first of all, I would say one important tip is to say thank you. Um, One of the things that's interesting is that Gretchen Rubin, who wrote The Happiness Project, uh, had research that said that we think that someone who criticizes us is smarter than we are. They're more discriminating and more discerning. So the flip then becomes true is if we praise people, they think that we're dumber than they are. And so if you're willing to say thank you to your people, it actually is a form of social courage. And it it takes a lot of humility to give the people who work for you positive reviews. So first thing is to say thank you, because we actually don't do it a lot. The second thing is to recognize is that when you have people in mastery, um, to they've got a lot of latent innovative capacity because they're not using all of their brain wattage to figure out how to do their job. And so if you can find a way for them to keep climbing, either because you find them a new opportunity or there's a new project, a new team configuration that allows us to be a summit, not the summit, and effectively they move back down into the sweet spot, that can make a very big difference um, in terms of, of retaining your people and more importantly, you asked the question, uh, day-to-day care and maintenance is just be aware of where they are in their growth and what can you do to be building them moment, building momentum and checking in with them every couple of weeks just to see how they're doing. So we've talked a little bit about personally, you know, how you can address these things, sorry, how you can lead it. Um, one last thing before we start to wrap this up, uh, what about how does this really fit onto a team? Did, how, did, how can you nurture some of these skills, whether you're on a team, leading a team? Um, focusing on the same goal. How how does that apply if you're really looking to build a high-performing team? Yeah. So um, we actually have an article um, out in Harvard Business Review this month, January, February, 2022, (laughs) while we're on that. And and it's a, it's manage your organization as a portfolio of, of learning curves. And so if you as a leader um, want to optimize your team or your organization for growth, Think about every single person on your team as on a learning curve, and then you optimize for growth by number one, seeing where they are, helping them build momentum from where they are, but then also thinking about the standard bell curve distribution of, I want to, as a starting point, think about having 60% of my people in the sweet spot of their growth, no more than 20% at the launch point and no more than 20% in mastery. At the launch point, they can ask questions, but they can't answer them. In sweet spot, they can ask and answer questions. And in mastery, they, they're asking questions or answering questions, but probably not asking as many. And if you use that as your starting point, then you're going to optimize your organization 
for growth and change. And so this S-curve really becomes a fractal. If you can look at it from an individual basis, you can look at your day as an S-curve, you can look at your life as an S-curve, but you can look at your team and your organization as a portfolio of S-curves. All right, Whitney, we're down to just a couple, just a couple more minutes together. So what's the one thing that you want to the listeners that joined us today, what's the one thing you want to want them to take away from our conversation? Mm. That growth is our default setting. Human growth is unbounded. And the more we understand what growth looks like, the more we can grow. And the S curve of learning is a map that helps you understand where you were, where you are, where you want to go. When you get smart about your growth, you can live a happier, more productive life. I love that. All right. If people want to dig more into you, your research, obviously this book's available everywhere. It's going to be available everywhere when it releases. Uh, where can people uh, find out more about Whitney Johnson? Um, well, obviously you can read the book, smartgrowthbook.com or on Amazon. And um, I, you can follow me on my podcast, the Disrupt Yourself podcast. And Um, Probably the easiest way is WhitneyJohnson.com forward slash newsletter. If you subscribe to my newsletter and you email me, I do respond to every single email, sometimes slowly, but I do always respond. It's a good goal to have. Very aspirational. Whitney, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Thank you for having me, Todd. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. Chad, it was great to have Whitney Johnson on your program again. Uh, I'm really a raving fan of hers, and I think her new book, uh, Smart Growth, uh, is, is really powerful. Because what she's really saying is you got to understand how to grow your people. And if you grow your people, they're going to grow your company. I mean, duh. You know, the the best companies out there think that their people are the number one customer. And if you take care of your people and you grow them and all, they go out of their way, take care of your customers. and, And they become raving fans. And that takes care of the organization. So profit is the applause for taking care of your people. And she's really pushing that. And she says you got to know. Uh, where people are so you can give them, you know, in SL2 terms, different strokes for different folks, you know, uh, depending on whether they're at the launch point of their growth or they're uh, in their sweet spot or their mastery. And where that their mastery, delegation doesn't mean leave them alone. It, it means spend some time with them and all, but let them run with the ball. So I don't know. Uh, I think you ought to listen to this. This is powerful stuff. Read this book because if you grow your people, they're going to grow your company. So good on you, Whitney. And Chad, you're not bad either.